All right. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Not sure what it is for you guys. It's about seven o'clock. Uh, it's September tenth. Uh, you know, this is probably gonna be the second official episode of the podcast. Uh, I was gonna upload more. You know, but there's just so much going on that it, it's really hard. This is, you know, a hobby of mine. To be able to keep up is it's a full-time job. I mean, it's why there's people who do it for a living. You know, this is a hobby of mine. So, you know, I want to talk about a couple things. One of them being, let's get this, you know, out of the way because it's a topic. WWE released earlier this week um, that Triple H suffered a cardiac event and had to get surgery. Again, best wishes to Triple H. You know, he's done so much for his business. Keep your opinions to yourself because guess what? A lot of the issues with Triple H, no one can verify, you know, all that stuff. That's a whole other episode, you know, it seems to me my thing, but, you know, to the douchebags, yeah, douchebags, keyboard warriors, I'm calling you out, you guys have the balls to make a joke of a situation that you know nothing about, like, seriously, that is just, like, get out your goddamn mom's basement, all right, I see people posting Vince stressed Triple H out about what he was doing with NXT, and that's what caused it. (laughs) You know, like, oh, you know, make jokes, make memes. Oh, the NXT logo did it. Like, hey, I don't have the most sane sense of humor, but, like, come on. Like, really? I didn't see anyone making... Those jokes when we almost lost Ric Flair a couple years ago. And guess what? Triple H is my era's, one of my era's Ric Flair's, okay? You know, to make fun of somebody or make a joke of an event that we do not know the seriousness of, you're the goddamn scum of the earth, honestly, okay? It's... It's just not right. And you're a piss poor human being. And you're what gives the IWC a bad name. And one of the roughest crowds. I mean, hey, I'm from Philadelphia. I know rough crowds. Hey, we do Santa. We haven't lived that down for over 50 goddamn years. But you know what? This, come on. Best Best wishes to Triple H, Paul Levesque. COO of WWE, who suffered a cardiac event, seems to be, you know, resting up. No serious seriousness has been released, so best wishes. And that, my friends, is that on, on that topic. You know, hey, I, I have family, I have kids. I get the PG crap, and honestly, it's, uh... <laughs> It's not as PG as it was. I mean, 
it's it's about money. I mean, WWE is not the same WWE before the E. You know, um, it's just not. It is not that company anymore, and that's what no one understands. And I feel a lot of these people need to learn, run a business, become a manager somewhere, be an executive somewhere, and you're going to understand how that politics, you know, works. And, uh, but, you know, back to the question, is WWE dead? I don't think so. You know, why would it be? Why? Because... Hey, did they take a blow last night? Absolutely. Did they take a blow? Yes. It, they took a nice little kidney shot. Um, you know, are they down on one knee? Nah, they're on the ropes. But you see, when you come off those ropes, you know, you can bounce right back. And uh, I think that's what they're going to do. Now, are they going to bounce back the way a lot of people want? I don't know. You know, they could bounce back with, let's bring Taker out. Let's bring Cena out. Let's bring Lesnar out. It's not what everyone wants to see. I mean, hey, I still watch it. But they need something new. And we already know (laughs) it's not going to be Adam Cole on the main roster. It's not going to be Daniel Bryan coming back, you know, it's not going to be Ruby Riot coming back, which you know, I don't think anybody thought that was happening. Probably not going to be the Bella Twins coming up, <laughs> you know, with Daniel Bryan over in uh, AEW now. Um, what is it going to be? I mean, is it going to be something old coming back, you know? And I don't, I think that's what people are tired. I, I, I look, I, I, I'm nostalgic as they can be, but I'm tired of Goldberg. Okay, I think they. I don't. I didn't like to finish the SummerSlam. I think that was a wasted opportunity to build something. Personally, I think Lesnar should have came out. You gonna make this make Lesnar a monster face now? Have him come save Goldberg. Okay, like that was the perfect opportunity when Lashley had. Goldberg's kid. Perfect opportunity. You know, so, you know, I, part of me kind of hopes that, you know, maybe Triple H will start running the main roster. Not much left of a main roster, but, you know, they do they have to answer? Absolutely. Are they dead? Not even close. Okay. You ever been in a fight? Unless you were straight molly whopping someone, they get that sometimes they usually get that hit in you. They go, oh damn. <laughs> they may not get a second breath after that, but it's like a regular match, you know. It's there's always that hope, like when you're facing a heel. Like for example, all out. Most recent event that happened, so you know. Darby Allen, there was a chance where I thought he was going to win. I already knew the result before I saw it, which I don't really like doing, honestly. Especially something I'm going to follow. Um, I thought, I'm like, oh, okay. They built him up just enough so that it wasn't a burial. And 
you know, kind of like the match with Cage. I mean, that ending, I wasn't great about the whole match, but that ending, fucking great. Yeah, I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to curse on my podcast. Sorry if you got some kids listening. But, you know, definitely a solid, solid ending. Like, I mean, Cage took took his his finisher from the freaking top rope or second rope, kind of. But, like, same way if Omega would have, if, if Cage would have hit that kill switch. I mean, in certain instances, I can see them doing that as a false finish to build Omega, and I, I was already built. But that wouldn't have buried him if they would have done that with the belt on Cage, you know? They weren't going to do that. They weren't going to do another belt collector situation. They just did it with Omega. I don't think it was... I think they did it. They think they did it a bit too long. I think that... um I'm I'm not a fan of Omega. Um, you know, I think it's the first time he ever really had a design a character. I mean, like, and I don't, I'm eh, he's a heel, so I guess he's doing his job right. That's what I always say. You know, I was talking to a coworker. Oh, oh, she says, oh, I don't like this person. I like that person. Well, they're heels, so they're doing their jobs. You know, same thing back with WWE. Roman Reigns. You don't like Roman Reigns. <laughs> Guess what? That means he's doing his job because guess what? You are still acknowledging his existence, but you don't like him. Therefore, you are acknowledging him as the tribal chief, which is all giving. You know, I used an example. You know, came up in the Attitude Era, 1997. When Brett hit me, I was never a big fan of his, you know. I just didn't hate him. But when he turned heel, Heart Foundation versus DX versus, you know, the Click, whatever you want to call it. I can tell you something. I was an 11-year-old kid, 10-year-old kid, whatever. I hated Canadians because of Rob. Oh, you're Canadian? Oh, did I meet many Canadians? No. But that was the fact. It was such a good set of storylines. And, you know, it was just really great. But that's what they did. Okay, you know, I sidetracked. Back to, is WWE dead? No, WWE is not dead. Is AEW kicking WWE's butt? Mm, I wouldn't say that, you know. Is this making WWE acknowledge, you know, like I said, Tribal Chief, acknowledge him. I think AEW right now wants to be acknowledged. <laughs> you know, this ain't no uh, sauces measuring contest, but you're going to, you know, hey, I may not be as big as you, I may not be as old as you, may not know as much as you, but you're going to acknowledge me. You know, it's it's definitely, definitely worth acknowledging AEW right now, you know. They're not just a pissant t-shirt company. <laughs> they are. I mean, they're definitely a hell of a, you know, profitable t-shirt company. But they, uh, they're 
definitely something to keep an eye on, you know, have that pulse there, you know, you always want to have a pulse of your, your industry, and I feel that is what WWE needs to do, and I feel that WWE is not that, WWE is far from that, even if they release more people. Now, unless they go and release Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns, you know, freaking anybody else, I don't know, that's the main champions, they go release, you know, the core people they have now, then I feel that's a big mistake, you know. I'm not a fan of this new CFO guy, and, you know, I feel that, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that could be done better. Um, but, no, WWE's not dead, because guess what? They're still putting on monthly pay-per-views. They're still profitable. They're very, very profitable. Don't for a second think that because they're cutting and doing cost measures that they're not profitable, okay? They are very profitable. If they were not profitable, they were already sold. Yeah, they would have sold before they were not profitable. That's how business works. Business is business, and that that's it. You know, and I feel like no one takes that into consideration. Again, my two cents. WWE is far from dead. WWE may have gotten a nice little shot in the kidneys, bounce on the ropes. Now the question is, are they going to take that step away from their opponent to regroup? Then square back up, or are they going to go right back at them to see, you know, to real give a real solid reaction? Well, Monday Night Raw starts in about 40 minutes, so will we see something? I don't know. I don't think we'll see anything till about till Friday Night SmackDown, to be honest. Um... But we shall see. All right, next up. So today's Friday, today's Rampage. Uh, So all that was huge, obviously. Um, You know, a lot of comparisons have been made. That all that was the best pay-per-view and, you know, all this stuff. Hey, it was solid. It was phenomenal for that company. From where it came in two years. Give credit to where it's due. But there's some comments from real professional analysts, former professional wrestling legends, Hall of Famers making comments about a couple matches and a couple debuts that how it impact AEW. And, you know, I'm talking about some of the comments that uh, Bully Ray made. Not sure this is the part of this episode or air on my end, you know. I, kind of, I agreed with him before I even knew what he said. Um, so the one thing he said was the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks was the best spot fest match ever. Okay. Some of the comments I've seen is, oh, those are hell of words coming from someone 
who made money off spot fest matches. No. Bully Ray made money off some crazy crap that they did back then. They weren't spot fest. All right. Let me, let, me, let me break this down. Okay. This new era of, you know, quote unquote spot fest isn't new. It's just, they're lazy in my view. It's too goddamn coordinated. Okay? Like, you can tell all that stuff was just... You shouldn't be able to tell that they sat down and called the match before the match. It should be fluent. It's It should be natural. Tell a story. Don't get me wrong. I know we do spots and... But... It, it, that match was just, it made, like, Lucha Libre's, it, even, you know, you can call it all spot fest, you know, but it really isn't. It's just a lot of trust in your opponent. And these guys have gone against each other before, I believe. Um, but it just wasn't, there was no flow. It was just, oh, Paracanrana. Oh, I'm going to flip him on my feet. Oh, super kick. Oh, super kick. Oh, you know, Spanish fly. You know, whatever you want to do. But, like, it it didn't have the fluidness, if that is a word, the way, like, TLCs did or Hell in a Cells in the 90s and early 2000s did or even Elimination Chambers you know, you can say what you want about WWE, but they don't do spot fests like that. And in my opinion, and, you know, I don't care if you like it or not, I want to say it's a fact. It's, it's pretty strong, very, very strongly close to a fact. But those of you who are saying, oh, that's the best tag match ever, including, uh, I don't know the guy's name, the guy... Uh, Billy Ray's co-hosts at the time. He had the balls to tell Billy Ray that was the best tag team match he ever saw. Are you kidding me? That match was a bunch of people, bunch of acrobats. I'm not taking away from the athleticism of it. It was not a wrestling match. It was not built like a wrestling match. AEW harps itself on being pro wrestling. CM Punk came back to be a pro wrestler again. That right there was sports entertainment. As clear cut as you can get it. Okay. That is just it, it is what it is at this point. You know, it's it's was it was it great? It was freaking it was it's crazy to watch. It wasn't the best tag team match ever. I mean, it, it just, everyone's going to have their opinion. I'm not saying it was horrible. It wasn't the worst tag team match ever. But the, I feel like a lot of people are attacking both Ray. And he's old school. He's older school than I am. And I mean, how I grew up watching Billy Ray. That's not why I'm on his side. I just kind of, I just agree with him because. You know, uh, it, it was just a spot fest. That's it, exactly what it was. I feel that they could have done not make it not look like a spot fest, but they didn't. And 
that's a lot of the downfall of what AEW is. Oh, too many tag match, too much spot fest stuff like this, and they just won't go away with it, especially with the Young Bucks. Now, the other thing that Bully Ray alluded to was so many egos coming to AEW. You got Cole going to the Elite. I mean, those are a bunch of egos to begin with. And uh, you got Brian coming out. You know, you got CM Punk, which he's all ego. Then you got Jericho. But see, this is my thing, and, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with him, but, I mean, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and Young Bucks are the founders, you know, and they kind of kept their ego out, you know, they they waited a little bit, you know, they put the belt on Jericho, which was smart, you know, Cody, yeah, was in the mid-card, but... You know, that it wasn't a horrible idea. You got to build some of this talent up, up, you know. They waited to do the belt collector thing with Kenny. And they even waited put to put the belts on the box. And, you know, one of their best friends, Adam Adam Hangman Page, he hasn't even be able to be able to tag belt. But, I mean, he hasn't held the world. I mean, I know he's not in the elite, but... Add that ego in there because it's not a secret that he was, you know, in the Bullet Club with them. You know, um, seems like they've managed this so far. Whether or not Adam Cole is gonna, you know, add to that and that's not the chemistry, I don't think so. You know, it's like they're building, it's like they have a little evolution. And like Adam Cole's only 32 years old, we have a lot of time to watch Adam Cole barring any unforeseen instance, but I, I feel that the Eagles would have shown already. I mean, I'm, again, not completely disagreeing with them, but they've done pretty well. I mean, you know, I don't know you adding Punk into the mix. I mean, Brian Danielson doesn't really... I mean, he has a little bit of an ego. They all do. They're big stars. You know, they're going to have an ego. They're going to protect their brand. But I think that, uh, I think they're doing it all right. We'll see in the next couple of months. I think we may, uh, see how it is. I don't think adding more of their buddies is going to help the situation. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, uh, I, do think they've done pretty well, you know, Jericho is an ego, cool as can be, is from what, you know, I've seen in interviews, but he's going to protect his brand, I mean, you saw him on the podcast, he's Stoko would have had an ego, I mean, of course Jericho's going to have an ego, um, but they've done well, I mean, they put a belt on him for a couple, few months, but it's the right thing to do. And, you know, I just don't think, I don't think they've shown any signs of, of the egos crashing the company yet. Like, this isn't TNA with Hogan. You know, it's not WCW with Hogan. 
I feel like it's different. You know, I feel like they're building around these guys. Remember, other guys already had their Eagles built up before they got, you know, to WCW. So, that is definitely something that, you know, we should keep our finger on, check the pulse of what's going on. I'll gladly give my opinions. All right. So, the hardcore legend, Mick Foley, I just heard him on uh, Boston Open Radio, you know, and it was on his comments made about uh, WWE. And, you know, he pretty much said, WWE's not the long-term goal anymore. AEW is, or any work is, you know. And I think that stems from, you know, these debuts that happened on All Out were not releases. <laughs> you know, these were guys who chose they worked their contract out you know Adam Cole was wrestling for NXT like two weeks before they chose AEW like when you're released yeah I'm sure there's a way to choose to maybe wait it out or something but you're not choosing AEW over Ring of Honor or TNA Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan chose AEW over WWE and everywhere else. Partially probably because they'll be able to compete everywhere else, but you know, you know, Mick has a he's a very woke type of view, you know, kind of, you know, him and Bully Ray are kind of different, but it same, you know, at the same time, like they're very similar views, but I mean, it is what it is. It's, it, it, he's not wrong. It's coming from a guy who's kind of been a WWE guy, you know, and it's, I think those were the two. Now, you know, I haven't been big on the wars because from the start, I knew it was not going to be like the Monday Night Wars. You know, I knew it was not going to be this great content was not going to be nothing like that. Um, But if you want to make it a war, I think let's take it to a box match, you know? It's kind of like a a big Rocky fan, you know? Philadelphia. Think about it. All his big, big fights at the end of the movies. He got his Ass kicked. Then he had a little burst, some steady burst. And then at the end, boom, boom, boom. But I'd say shit, we're two years in. We're probably about four, five, six rounds in, you know, and it's the first big time, like say say Rocky Four. This is the first time Drago. WWE's Drago. Okay, if you haven't watched Rocky, I'm sorry for you. I apologize. That, you know, you haven't seen such a great masterpiece. Um, and I encourage you to. 
Um, and uh, I will say that I, I do encourage you to take uh, the time and watch. It's a great movie. And um, you understand my analogy. You know, it's just a big juggernaut. But uh, big Russian guy versus the guy from South Philly. You know? And uh guy's like a robot. Like, this is a movie back in the 80s, but, I mean, Adam training like a robot. WWE's a juggernaut, okay? You just had a guy. You, the juggernaut just showed that he could feel your hit. That it, it, it hit him. You know, it, it got him a little bit. And that's what these two signings, you know, I'm not even going to count Punk, because he was a free agent, completely free agent, like, it wasn't like he just came to WWE, and some info just came out about that, too, but, um, you know, these two signings, like, it's, he just got some clear kidney shots in there, and I said, I think I said that before in another podcast or something, but. Definitely got a clear kidney shot, and oh, and you feel that you get hit or get hit in the kidneys, or got some pain in the kidneys. You know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, but now are they gonna build off this momentum, or did they build? Uh, is that it? You know, add punk. All right, I'll give you a three hit. Okay, two to two to the right kidney, and then you come back with a, a left cross. All right. You got him. He bounces off the ropes, turns around. He's got his back to the ropes. Guess what? Now he can hit you or you can hit him. You're both open. So what is AEW going to do to this? Now, it's not about the signings. Don't worry about the big signings. I'm pretty sure Bray Wyatt's probably going to end up there. Um, Maybe a couple other people, but excuse me. It's past my bedtime, guys. Um, so driving home from work. Uh, but, you know, it's... It's now put all that content together. And, you know, something that Mick said made me think of another thing that... Kind of what got WWE here. And, you know, something that he said and Mark Henry talked on. It's not where characters want to go when you build your character. Like, back in the day, you got to think about it. Look, how many characters WWE built versus how many characters they built now? You know, let, that, let that simmer there for a little bit, you know? They, like, I'm talking recent, I'm not going to talk 80s and 90s, 80s and early 90s, because that's not really what I know, um, the Triple H. Terra Rising. Yeah. That's what he was in WCW. Terra Rising. Okay. Just the blue blood gimmick was better than that. Um, Kevin Nash, I've said it before, Vinny Vegas, you know. That wasn't going to go anywhere. He was going to be a jobber, if anything, you know. Uh, Diesel was a, 
it was and, but it was better than Vinny Vegas. Um, stunning Steve Austin, you know. I mean, he don't get me wrong. Stone Cold actually had a, a solid run in WCW, but the star power that he got, let's be real, it was WWE. Okay, um, Kane. You know, he was Isaac Yankum, DDS. You know, I think he was. Uh, I'm not sure what he was in WCW. I know he was there. Taker was uh, Mean Mark Calloway. I mean, look what happened there. Um, but who have we built now? We Okay, I'll give you Roman Reigns. Who is, I'm sorry, not we. Who is WWE? Built today, okay. But that one simmer. Roman Reigns, I'll give it to you. I'm not gonna give you Bobby Lashley. I'm not gonna give you Seth Rollins. Okay. All right, I'll give you Charlotte Flair. I'll give you. Becky Lynch, and you know I was gonna kind of leave out the women, but you know, kind of have to because I'm not going to have anyone. I mean, what Usos? Okay. Um, Brock Lesnar. I mean, he kind of built his brand outside WWE, which made it ten times better when he came back. Um, Edge. But, I mean, he was built back in the day. So, let's take that away. Um, you know, and, hey, this could be a debate, which, hey, when I start publishing this more and getting, pushing more of the, you know, marketing part of this, uh, hey, I will send you guys an invite on Anchor, and we will have some conversations with Seth sometimes. And, you know, we'll debate this. But, I mean, Main roster power, okay. You got main roster power, right? Let's look at the, let's look at the champions, right? Tag team champions, okay. Uh, uh, they're building Riddle. Riddle had mixed martial arts, he his characters being built. They built Orton, okay. So, what's that? Four characters, right? I'm getting tag teams together pretty much, but. All right, but all right. So then you got uh, IC champs Shinsuke. Shinsuke was built in Japan. Um. All right. So Damien Priest. I don't know much about him. I want to say he had a, a solid indie background, so I'm not going to give him to you. Okay. They're not building characters anymore. You know. They're tweaking, and they're not tweaking in a good way. These characters that become pretty established. Hey, I get it. Some guys just got to, you know, they want to, they want to the WWE style. And, you know, you kind of got to break them into that. I get that part. But it brought me to the question. And Mick Foley kind of alluded to this. But he didn't really say anything about it. Um. He said, you know, NXT was the third brand, but on paper, they're still developmental. So that made me think. Okay. Did, I'm talking about before AEW, okay? 
Did making NXT, I mean, I guess you can kind of say it was a rebrand, but I don't, I wouldn't say should say so because I don't think NXT had like a, a, a real slot um, back to when it first started with like Seth Rollins and them. I was a ball back then, so. Um, you know, did them getting shows and, hey, you know what, record matches, post them, you know, outdated and stuff like that. You know, I've been making mini stuff, kind of like FCW, but so this is my thing. Did making them big, and I get why they made it a little bit better than a regular developmental. I totally, totally get that. You know, you get, you get fans bought, bought in. The thing is, they got fans bought in, and then they they tanked so many people. So, with that said, did making them seem, you know, in the eye of, a, of, a, of the IWC, not as a developmental brand, hurt WWE? Now, think about it. Because back their last developmental brand, which was Florida Championship Wrestling, and uh, um, Ohio Valley Wrestling, you know, where Orin, Batista, Cena, and all them came up, and where they'd send people down, you know? Um, you didn't hear about their title reigns and, you know, their storylines and all that. So did it hurt them? It's starting to look like, yeah. You know, an analogy that Mick Foley had, and again, this is kind of what made me think, oh, shit. Like, is that what he's alluding to? Or is this, you know, kind of what I'm taking it as? And that is, did, uh, I'm sorry, his analogy was, if you got a minor league, ba- a minor league uh, baseball player, right? He's hitting 360. Say you're, you know, leading the league in home runs, 25, 30 home runs, three quarters of the way. You know, it's pretty high for minor leagues. Okay, you're gonna bring them up, and you're gonna put him in a position so he can do that. At the major league level. And that transition is obviously where WWE is dropping the ball. So, you know, is it, and it's a great analogy. I mean, you're going to keep it developmental, keep it developmental. Like, and I get tweaking but, you know, his thing was Killian Cross, and I don't know much about the guy. Again, full disclosure, I didn't know about him at TNA and I've seen the memes with the Super Soaker. Like, hey, look, I wasn't crazy big on John Morrison and stuff. I don't think he's, like, heavyweight. I don't think he's main event material aside from, you know, you know, just some good, you know, some filler rivalries, you know, in between the big three, the big four, I'm sorry. You know, I, you know, I don't think that he, ha- he, I don't see him as that. I see him more, 
kind of mid card, you know, and uh, but that aside, but like apparently they had some great rivalries over at Impact, and and it, they they completely trashed his character, you know. See, that's the thing with NXT. I feel they had those fans that ended up being very, very loyal to NXT, okay? Wow, at NXT. And then you had your fans that just kind of heard about them and were intrigued by them. For example, I didn't follow NXT, okay? And I heard about Shinsuke. You know, I heard about KO. Um, That was also, you know, they did a really good job transitioning KO. But, you know, Shinsuke, um, Finn Balor. You know, I didn't follow Finn Balor before. But, you know, and, and Finn Balor's kind of, you know, they tweaked his character a little bit coming from New Japan and such. And I'm not against tweaking, okay? I just think that they just go overboard sometimes. They just want to put a WWE brand and maybe they have to. Maybe that's that's how this guy, Tony, uh, Nick Khan, is... Just saying, hey, this is the only way we make money, make it our original idea. And they obviously don't have really good original ideas going on right now because if you did, I mean, Raw has gone from the main show and SmackDown is literally carrying that company. But yeah, so, you know, I gave my examples, I gave my views, you know. Uh, The question is, is it... It's looking like it. I'm interested in seeing what this rebranding of NXT is, you know. I'll be honest, I always saw NXT as developmental. Paper going against AEW or not. Um, but, you know, it's all like, huh. I always thought it was cool how AEW, I mean, NXT is like, oh, that's a developmental brand. And they're up there with a, a brand that wants to be mean, but hey. I've seen the, the viewer ratings. AEW's. They're putting the pressure on, you know, getting 1.3 million views, I think, uh, last uh, Dynamite or something like that. I mean, it's it's definitely getting interesting. So it's like, it's it's wonder, I'm wondering if maybe, maybe I'm behind the ball. Maybe WWE realized this. Maybe that's why NXT got rebranded. Maybe, you know, that's their plan. Maybe, uh, I, I think it's going to be 100% about mental, but maybe that's what they saw. You know, let's take, let's take that spotlight off of NXT and make it the way it was when they are making stars. We got to remember, and then this is the thing, though, like, because of that, like, yeah, you were t- you were tweaking the fundamentals down there, and that's why you saw guys like Edge, Christian, Cena, Orton, Batista. Um, they came up in the like they came up through, 
you know, like, Edge was a European champion. I mean, I'm pretty sure Christian was a light heavyweight champion, you know. They were on, Edge debuted on Sunday Night Heat, if I remember correctly, 20-some-odd years ago. Um, you know, it's, you know, I feel that then you just have to give them more time to develop on TV, which isn't horrible. You know, kind of how AEW set up, they, they don't have different brands, which I don't think they need it. I, they have Elevation, they have Dark, they have, now they have Rampage, they have, um, you know, Dynamite, you know, their flagship show. So, like, is, you know, and that's kind of where they're getting some screen time, kind of tying it in. That's how it used to be. You know, we had Sunday Night Heat, we had Monday Night Raw, and then we had Thursday Night SmackDown. Back in the day, it was Sunday Superstars, Live Wire, Monday Night Raw. Okay, then you get the pay-per-views and whatnot. You know, so, like I said before, I, you know, I said before AEW learned from TNA and WCW, but uh, maybe they learn more from Mr. Vincent Kennedy than uh, I alluded to. Seems like uh, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and boom, I'm going to sell 200,000 pay-per-views and $700,000 of seats. So remains to be seen if they can... Uh, can they put another blow, and how soon will that blow happen? We'll see.